Hey, everybody. We have a very special episode today with a very special guest. It's Mike Rogerson from the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast, and he's here to discuss the top contenders, pretenders, and full senders. All right. And their rest of season value. Let's get to biz. You're listening to Fantasy NHL today. everybody thank you so much for joining us this is fantasy nhl today i am your host blake creamer you can find me on twitter at blake creamer se please go follow me as i've said many times my twitter friends are my real friends and uh, no one can tell me different okay i need that all right and as i said we've got a very special guest today um he is a legend this man Keeps his swagger like nobody's business, all right? His name is Mike Rogerson. He is a co-host of the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Mike, how you doing today? I'm very good, man. Nice to be here. My guy. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah, um, Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I'm sure if you're listening to mine, you've probably listened to theirs because uh, they're, they're one of the best ones out there right now. So um, definitely check that out if you haven't. But uh, yeah, Raj, well, we got you here. Why don't you uh, just uh, tell us a little about yourself? Uh, where, first off, where, where can we find you on the socials and whatnot? Uh, I'm not very social. I kind of do Twitter mainly for hockey. So uh, you can get me at the Mike Rogerson and at FHF hockey. Sometimes I get too many H's. F H F hockey. Uh, yeah, that's our yeah. Yeah, that's our our one for the five hole. Um, so yeah, you can get at me there usually, and we have a, a fantasy hockey Discord, um, which is man, it's up. There's a couple two three thousand people in there. It's crazy. That's like if you have anything to do with fantasy hockey, that's a that's a fun one because uh, there's people talking about hockey and answering questions and you know chirping each other and sharing barbecue pictures and all that kind of stuff in there so you get lots of questions answered in there uh and tj's got it organized nicely so uh you can find what you're after and you don't get caught up in the wrong conversations but uh, i don't do uh instagram or any of that kind of stuff i'm too old yeah, I'm with you man yeah instagram feels weird to me twitter felt so weird to me for the longest yeah. time because i'm like who the hell cares who cares what you think? But then when I got into fantasy sports, I'm like, whoa, you get news immediately. You get yeah. lines immediately. So it's Twitter is you need to be using Twitter if you're doing fantasy hockey. And then if you want people to know your opinions on stuff. All right. Because uh, we need to be validated. Am I right, Mike? You got yourself a makeshift bird feeder, sir. Maybe. Yeah, it's a dangerous place yeah. if you take it too seriously. <laughs> it's definitely uh soup. It's really useful. Like to me, it's it's a it's a news feed, is what it is. And uh, luckily, I not enough. I'm not uh, super old. <laughs> you know, I've been uh, had enough experience with it to uh, not get dragged into the deep waters too many times. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm with you. When you're talking about fantasy hockey, who the hell cares? There, there's no politics in fantasy hockey. Exactly. All right? exactly. Besides buy lows and sell highs. All right. That's all we want. Yeah. Um, yeah and I'm glad you mentioned your uh, Discord as well. Um, I'm going to put the link to that in 
the show description. That is a great place to go talk fantasy hockey. Um, I was saying to Mike off air, like every time I prep for my seasons, uh, I always make sure I'm listening to their podcast and, and getting on their, their discord. I've been a member there for a few years and yeah, just awesome discussion going on there. Um, and you, and you can get answered right away from these guys, which is, which is really nice. So yeah, get your buns in there. All right. Awesome. Thanks man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, my man. All right. So before we get into it, we are going to talk, as I told you, we're going to talk about contenders, all right, pretenders and full senders, and we'll try our best to define what those mean. Uh, yeah, the, the definitions are, are actually insane, and, and who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But um, before we do that, we're going to get into some NHL news. News! 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 Mm. All right. Um, so, yeah, a couple things I did want to talk to you about. Fellow Vancouver Canucks fan here, uh, tortured uh, person. I mean, you know, we have to stick together, right, Mike? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a volatile landscape, especially speaking of Twitter. <laughs> the yeah. Vancouver Twitter is uh, it's a gnarly place sometimes. Oh, big time, man. Yeah, now this is this has just been painful. I think uh, I think about 2011 so much because, well, you know, what else do I have? But um, <laughs> if the Canucks won in 2011, we'd probably have like a there might have been like a dynasty. They might have won two two cups, you know, and, and just they, they would have bought a lot of patience from the fan base here in Vancouver. And the fact that they didn't it went the other way. Right. And now it's just so toxic here. It's, it's really hard. I, 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 I always th- think I feel for the players cause I, it must be hard to play here. It, that was intense, man. I totally get it. And I like, I'm, I'm just a hockey fan for life. So, and a Canucks fan, like you can clearly see in my ridiculous Christmas sweater. Um, but that like it, it was serious man like I, <laughs> that was yeah, following yeah. the fault that what people forget too that was the year after we won the big one in vancouver at the olympics right so everyone was like yep. oh you have this huge opportunity and you just have the greatest you know Sidney crosby golden goal and overtime at home uh so that's how things work so everyone is kind of like game seven canucks i don't we're gonna win the cup and that's gonna be amazing and then when it didn't happen and like literally I, we were the better team. Like Canucks yeah, were the yeah. better team, right? Two president's trophy. We go look at the stats from those two years back to back. Look at the Canucks stats, like top goals for game, least goals against best power play, best penalty kill. I remember, you know, like, let's just talk yeah. about that for an hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, you know, let's, let's relive it. You know, and some exactly. of those calls too. I love, I, so we're going, we're, we're, we're waxing on, on the Canucks here, which is fine. We're li- reliving the old, olden days and that's good. But right. like John Shorthouse call slayed the dragon. Oh my God. I, I uh, listen to that sometimes just to get pumped up before games. Like when I go totally. play hockey, I'll just listen to the call. They've slayed the dragon. You know, so yeah. Anywho, um, speaking of the Canucks, let's talk about some Canucks news. Uh, Bo Horvat uh, contract situation. Uh, so he um, news has come out that he has uh, turned down the Canucks' latest offer. So he's the Canucks are focused on potentially trading him, or you know, I don't know what's going to happen. So um, yeah, that that was a that was a bit of a shock, actually. Um, I don't know what what's your what's your take on the whole Bo Horvat situation? What's what's your thoughts there? Um. 
you know what the 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 main thing that he's actually said is he doesn't want to talk about it <laughs> he said yeah. that, well, that's all he's ever said and so a lot of the things that have come out again connects twitter and connects media in general uh most of it's just hearsay and not really true and I don't really know. And I think if anybody says they do, they don't. But it, the thing is, I mean, look at the last six months. We're trading JT Miller for sure. We're trading Besser for sure. We're, you know, yeah, we're totally. trading everybody for sure. The only thing we're sure about is Demko's the best goalie in the league. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Allegedly. So, you know, I don't really know. I have a hard time believing that Horvat's going anywhere. I do see besser maybe being a trade but i don't see horvat going or I, I just don't it, it wouldn't it, it would be a weird message to the fan base wouldn't it i mean you know when you got a guy come out and, and perform the way he's performing mm-hmm. this year um you know but then you look at the canucks overall it, it's yeah it would be a rough one for sure and I've, I've i've read a lot of things just on twitter as well just about yeah canucks extended the wrong player you know, they extended Miller as opposed to Horvat. But I remember when when Miller got signed, you're like, okay, great. This is awesome, right? Because before the season, yeah. we're like, yeah, this is going to be amazing. And, you know, it, it it hasn't really turned out that way. Um, and um, my, my big thing with Miller is, so, you know, obviously he's he's got his failings and stuff, but it's also his body language. Man, he, he it, like, contrast that with, with Bo Horvat, right? It, it's just... Who would you rather have at this point of the season now? I think you could probably safe to say Horvat, but I don't know. It's funny because the last time I was actually in the rank, um, had a, one of the trainers who's a friend take us, me and my daughter down into the locker room, and that's who we met, and that's who my daughter got to meet was Bo Horvat and JT Miller. We're standing there making lunch, actually. Nice. And um, it was like in a... 30 second interaction it said exactly what you just said horvat was like the coolest guy he was super nice to her you know just 30 seconds or a minute mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. but like just right away he's like this you could just tell he's a rad guy <laughs> and miller was kind of a dink to her dingus like, yeah it, come on it's just you know but you know i i do think that there's a place for that i mean jt miller is ryan kessler uh 2.0 right like he's a killer <laughs> player he's tough as shit he's uh rugged all that stuff and he scores and he's a great hockey player and he's a wiener ask me about my wiener (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's yeah that's that's nice that's how he that's his uh twitter description on his on his page there right there yeah but you need that you need that contrast right in the old days it was kessler you know to oppose the sedine's super calm demeanor and i mean that's kind of the role that horvat's gone so I, i think that's fine and for, I, I have uh, opinions of what's wrong with the Canucks right now, and it's n- not a single player's fault on the team. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think that's a weird narrative coming out of just everything. It's like, oh, and Miller, it's Miller and Horvat, it's this and that. I, I'm not, I'm not really sure about that either, and and we can't know. So, no. yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, like, like it's goalie basically. <laughs> it looks yeah. like to me. And like I said, last time I was down in the Canucks locker room, it was those two together hanging out, making lunch together. So. <laughs> BFFs. All right, there you go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Horvat later. All right. But uh, yeah, I do. I do agree with you. I think Bester's probably days are numbered here. And that sucks, too, because he yeah. just seems like such a beauty. And I yeah. wanted to see him succeed here. And um, they just I don't know, we don't have the money for all this. And, and something's got to something's got to change to 
right? He's best has just kind of become this real soft kind of supplementary player. You know what I mean? And it's just, you know, you got Kuzmenko on the power play now. So um, Bester's been minimized even further. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets traded. Yeah. Sucks. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on. All right. Um, yeah. Just like, we've got some uh, injury stuff. We'll talk about that in a second, but uh, Nikolai Ehlers uh, skated today. Um, a month out of uh, sports hernia surgery. So, yeah, he's still weeks away. But um, what do you think about Ehlers' uh, rest of season? Yeah, if he comes back in a few weeks, he, are you uh, you taking a ride? I mean, obviously he should be rostered and stashed right now. But what, what do you mm-hmm. think he's going to do when he comes back? I have been wrong about Winnipeg every year. Um, <laughs> but one thing I do know is he's very good. Um, I mean, if you just look at Winnipeg's scoring breakdown – this season it's impossible to predict this team i mean i think josh morrissey is still their leading scorer at this point you know who who is like what their fifth best defenseman a couple years ago (laughs) so i don't know um but i think ehlers you if he's you know if you have a chance to get him in fantasy you should get him i think he's he's a good player and to me the team is playing way better than i thought they would i like um perfetti kind of starting to turn into a, a player and um, yeah, they look really good, man. I, and I think that's good for Ehlers. He's a good player and getting put into a team that's kind of figuring itself out. I mean, they have enough enough talent to have a legitimate top six, so I don't think the line choice is too much of an issue for him. He can score on the top two lines and probably will be on the main power play. So I think, yeah, he's a great pickup if he can come across him right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Ehlers, I think I was excited about Ehlers coming into the season. And yeah, it's this unfortunate here because um, I think, you know, he's always kind of been like, if you look at his time on ice over the last few seasons, like it's not where you want it to be, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you can get this guy up around, I mean, he only played two games, but he averaged 19 minutes on ice. Like give me 19 minutes of, of uh, Ehlers and we're looking at like a 70 point player, you know? So yeah, for sure. Yeah, for you know, sure. I like that. Maybe more. So, anyways, that's that's good to good to hear. I mean, doesn't really mean anything. We've got to wait for updates there, but it's nice to hear that he's skating. Um, another news: uh, Darcy Kemper uh, skated. He took some shots, but he's still not ready. So, um, I just want to make sure you, you got to add Charlie Lindgren. All right, he's he's got to be added at least for now. Uh, just the way that he's playing, the way that Washington's playing. Um, I think you know we we still don't really have a timeline on Kemper. So. Um, yeah, you got to add Charlie Lindgren. I don't know. You got any thoughts on, on Lindgren there? Have you seen any of his games? I don't know much about him at all, uh, specifically now, but I mean, you're right. If you need a goalie, you gotta go there. That's a good choice. Um, I'm like the most avoidant of goalies. Like I know Nate, Nate's got a whole career built on it at this point, but, uh, I mean, I, I like, I just don't care. I'm, I've so given up on goalies. I'm on one team this year. I drafted uh, two. I called it Hero G. I ended up with Demko yeah. and Chesterk, and um, turned out just swimmingly. Demko's yeah. not even playing at Chesterk. Oh yeah, sucks all of a sudden. But uh, no, I mean, that's the. I think to me, Lingren is exactly the kind of guy you should pick up and, and ride while he's got the opportunity because logic doesn't exist when it comes to goalies so you might as well take guys who have opportunity yeah it's so true and uh yeah it took me a while to get on board this zero g like i would always listen to apples and genos and then i would 
you know, I would listen to everything except for that part and be like, no, 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 I, I need my goalies. You know, I need my, <laughs> I need my UC Soros. All right. Cause I love that man. Yeah. And then what the hell is UC Soros doing this year? Oh my God. A juice tiger. A juice tiger. A juice tiger. I juice everything though. Um, yeah. It, my main issue with the zero G was that it's more stressful more than anything. Not that it doesn't work. It's mm. just like more stressful, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think, um, like I could rant, a hundred reasons why it's great and a hundred reasons wrong with it, you know, but to me, I think it really comes down to the hand you're dealt in the draft by how the rest of the league drafts and what kind of scoring it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that strategy in general is a good one for sure. Yeah. I, I, so I'm in, uh, I'm in eight hockey leagues this year. So eight fantasy hockey leagues. And I only did zero G on one of them one, one and a half of them. Yeah. So I leaned in really hard and uh, I like that one that it, it weirdly, that is my best uh, goal. Those are my best goalies. I got um, all Mark and I got uh, Kochetkov. And now I'm dom- dominating in goalies for some reason. So, you know, I, I definitely, I like the idea behind it for sure. Uh, but yeah, we're digressing here. How, well, actually, before we leave, how many leagues are you in? Uh, I cut down a lot. I am in nine. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. I think oh last, my last year I, I might have, that was around 14 last year. And I know. Oh that, my goodness. I know TJ was in substantially more. <laughs> Are you guys, uh, so what was your, did you win a few of them? Yeah. Or were you in yeah. like top three? Yeah. Yeah, in our um, we've started a sort of a listener league. Uh, it's a group of leagues. We're turning. We've started a tier system, sort of a little bit similar to keeping Carlson. Different kinds of leagues, but sort of that. So we can kind of get a, a bunch of people together. And last year, I had a forty percent first place rate. So legend, doing pretty good uh, this year. Don't ask me how I'm doing this year. Uh, <laughs> everything's upside down this year oh man i yeah. i have demco and that kind of sums up most of my teams yeah no it's it's funny man i did the same thing with with a few players saros was one of them because i was consistently getting him you know in like the, the fourth round third or fourth round saros i'm like this guy could win the vesna you know what are, what are we doing here but yeah goalies are volatile and that I point w- is being driven home I will say, though, as we all know, like even 25 games into the season, I know that's, you know, it's the the standings in real life are basically decided. If you're out of the playoffs now, you're probably out of the playoffs. Good team, you know, all that. Mm -hmm. But in fantasy, absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. Like you've got till, you know, February to be completely out of a league. So it's, you have a lot more chance in most leagues. Anyways, you can come back. So even if you start bad, like I know we're getting off topic, but the thing with like guys like Demko or Soros, they might be terrible right now, but if you keep them, they will be one of the best goalies by the end of the year. And I almost Mm -hmm. guarantee you that. Um, if you look at little spurts guy, you know, uh, Vasilevsky another one, like he, he, by the end of the season, I guarantee you all these guys are going to be inside the top 10. It levels out. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's that's really good advice. Um, And just remember, too, yeah, when you're in draft season and you're drafting these guys, you're drafting them for full season value. Mm -hmm. You're not just drafting them, you know, because you hope they get off to a hot start and you can be first place in your league for a few weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to commit. If you're going to go zero G, you have to go zero G and be subbing in goalies as necessary. But if you drafted studs, you got to play them like studs, except Bob Roski, but we all know he's not a stud anymore. (laughs) Oh, man, I got him in a couple leagues too. Just so painful. Uh, He he lets in a touchdown like every few games. It's just like, what? How? What this man, what, you know, yeah, he's a, he's an enigma. That man start playing Spencer Knight, please. Yes. All right, cool. Let's carry on. All right. So we're going to talk about some injuries. Uh, just some, some news players that are in players that are out. So, uh, players that are in tonight or are, are probable for tonight. We got, uh, David Krejci is going to play tonight. PLD Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to play and Evan Rodriguez uh, for the avalanche is going to suit up tonight. So that's a nice, uh, nice streamer. I don't know if you need a spot there for shots and, shots basically <laughs> that's what he's gonna give you uh martin for hervery that uh banger legend he's a game time decision so she banks she banks oh baby but she moves she moves um you can get him in your lineup if need be lars eller for washington vladdy and the is gonna play and then uh carter Hagee's a game time decision for florida tonight so yeah just keep an eye on that and then out tonight is gonna be uh potentially uh, matthew kachuk he missed practice today so we'll see that doesn't necessarily mean he's gonna miss tonight but just something to keep an eye on hampus lindholm's gonna be a game time decision leaning more towards doubtful and then my guy tony d'angelo uh, he's out for personal reasons, so not not sure what's going on there. Oh, with the uh, pretty boy, Tony. Yeah. Hey. Right. Okay. Hey, Tony. Yeah. Hey. That's nice. Um. Yeah. No, that's that's a weird one, actually. Tony D. Uh, we we've talked about him a lot on on this podcast, and then uh, with Apples and Genos as well. Just an interesting player this year because I called for him to be like you know, garbage this season for <laughs> a, a lot of the flyers, yeah. and then Torts is playing him thirty minutes a night. And then now he's not, you know, now he's in the doghouse. So, what, you know, what a weird player that is. Where'd you see Tony D this year? Uh, uh, well, and you may or may not know, but Zach and uh, TJ are both Philly fans. Yep. So yeah, I knew that. Yeah, we always uh, <laughs> I get all my Philly updates. I don't know. I I was never high on him just because, you know, he seems like a bit of a not a nice person. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And. I unfortunately let that influence me sometimes, but I mean, after his sort of comeback in Carolina last year, I just thought like you and pretty much everyone that Philly is just garbage. And, you know, I always have the, you know, a good power play quarterback is great, but you generally have to pass somebody. And given how Philly just really sucked really (laughs) for, for a while, but I mean, he, um, Konechny and a couple other guys, Kevin Hayes, have have found their game again. And so, yeah, he's he's all over the place. And then you throw Torts into the mix, where yeah, he'll he is the type of guy you'll be his favorite, and then you'll be scratched. Um, so it's going to be a volatile situation the whole time, I'm sure. But I mean, he's a great offensive defenseman. There's there's no denying that. Yeah, no, it was interesting. Just yeah, seeing him the, the kind of deployment he was getting was a surprise. And then mm. yeah, obviously you're on the ice that that long, your peripherals are going to go up. And he's not a peripheral guy, you know, at the best of times. So, but he was getting more. He was getting more than he usually gets. But we digress. Tony D, he's taking a nap. All right, he's out. He's out. Oh, he's out for personal reasons. So hopefully, hopefully everything's okay. But you're not going to see him in the lineup. 
Okay. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, out tonight, we are, oh, we're still talking about that. Yeah, Sergachev is game time decision. So my man, Hedman, can we, can we write the ship, my man? I've got Hedman on three teams. This has been painful as hell. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I, I, you know, there's a couple of players this year that have dropped off significantly, but Hedman, it's just, it's just frightening. It's like, what's going on? You know, how, how did this go from, you know, last year to this? It doesn't make sense. Well, how do you go from his whole career to this is like, is the, you know, yeah, the bigger thing. Like he, yeah. And it's not like, you know, there are some players who have a freakishly good year uh, of nowhere, but Hedman's been, you know, kicking ass for a decade. And to me, like, if you ask me right now, I would still say he's, I think he's the best all round defenseman in the league. Um, and he's making me look bad. Uh, <laughs> but he's got four points in the last four games. Um, his hits are coming back. He's, you know, he's blocking all the time. So I think, like I was just saying about goalies, like, do you really think that Hedman is not a good defenseman anymore or that Tampa is not one of the top teams anymore? Because, I mean, those are the only real things that could affect it. And I mean, it's pretty obvious. Um, he's just having a bad time, but it's one of those painful things you just have to endure. And the second you drop him, he's back to being Victor Hedman on a mission to remind everyone that he's not <laughs> as bad as he's yeah. shown, right? So, yeah, just, exactly. Uh, yeah, Sergachev, crazy. Yeah, actually, I'm 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 gonna take a take a dub on Sergachev. That's a guy I called for this year to not do what he's doing right now, but to right. to have a bit of a breakout for himself. So um, I'm happy with that. And this is, I I just didn't see him taking over the power play from Hedman. That 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 was a surprise. And and yeah. I think Hedman's getting reps there again now. And then, but we'll, we'll see moving forward. But this is just a big. Uh, it's an example of fantasy hockey versus real hockey, right? <laughs> real hockey, Hedman, like you said one of if not the best defenseman in the league still regardless but yeah fantasy wise he's not producing what he normally produces so that's pretty frustrating so but hopefully tonight let's let's get a goal let's let's pick one up buddy come on um yeah help me out all right i'm getting killed in the one league that i care about uh it's a points <laughs> league and yeah i've, I've it, it's they're all by lows I, I call my team the stay lows now because they just that they're just not <laughs> you, know, you know they're just not gonna rise up so yeah, anyways, I got Hedman on that team. So, yeah, Sergachev's game-time decision. Uh, Justin Schultz is doubtful tonight, and then Arvison is not going to play as well. Um, and lastly, I did want to just just shout out uh, Ovechkin, uh, you know, because I haven't talked since he, you know, got his hat trick there, 800 goals. This is incredible. Like, he, so he's, I, I read that uh, he he now has one more goal than Gordie Howe, or is he tied with Gordie Howe? I, I don't, is he tied, or does he have one more? Uh, I think he's... I can't answer that. I, can't. <laughs> I, I think he might be. I think he might be tied, yeah. but he did it in a ridiculous, like way less games. Obviously, like yeah. what? What an absolute legend! It, it's just crazy because I remember you know being like a sixteen-year-old kid reading like you know uh, uh, sports like yearbooks. I used to get these like uh, NHL yearbooks, and I would memorize all the stats and stuff. Are you ever do anything like that? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I could probably still tell you like some decent numbers from like the 1996 season, you know, like ridiculous. Like when Lemieux, <laughs> Lemieux got a, he got 160 points in 60 games, pretty sweet. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, I just I've seen Gretzky's records back in the day. Like you're like no one's gonna come close to this, and this guy's he's gonna do it if he stays healthy. I I don't see how he he's not gonna do it. He, he nothing's really changed in his game. His game, um, 
it's just a lot of power play stuff. Like he, he, he does a lot with, with what seems like minimal effort to me. Like he just gets himself in position and just pounds it. Yeah. Uh, and there's nothing to figure out, you know, like he's one of those players where he's just so good at that. Everybody knows exactly what's coming and you just can't stop it no matter what you do. Um, so any plays like he's a two minute power play guy, right? He just gets yeah. up there on the power play and stays till it's over or until he scores. Um, but he's such a beast. Like I was looking at it earlier. He's probably, unless something goes off the rails, he's going to end up the most goals in history, the most shots on goals in history. He's going to break uh, past Bork for number one all time, probably this week. Um, and he's actually probably going to end up with the most hits in history also. What a uh, sick stat. The most it, goals and most hits. That's ridiculous. Yeah. What a unit. Oh man. And and the way it is, like he's close enough right now. And he's like, it's not like he's struggling to play. He's fine. He's physically big and strong enough to take care of himself. So it's all if he wants to do it, he is going to do it. And I think it seems like he wants to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, man. I I, I I he's one of my favorite players of all time. Oh, easy. Yeah. He's, so he's cool. a beauty. When they won the Stanley Cup, like his Stanley Cup celebrations were just legendary. Like yeah. the stuff he was saying, what he was doing, like just yeah, how can you not like this guy? Like, he's just, you know, he's just a beauty. So, yeah, I'm happy for that, and I really think it's going to happen. One other thing I was happy about is that it seems like his team is sort of, um, or, or like the management, they're like, we're not we're not blowing up the team until Ovechkin breaks the record. You know, so they're going to kind of respect him in that way and, like, keep him keep those players around him to try and help him do that. I, I thought that was really cool, and 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 they should, honestly. I mean, that's, a, that's not a great decision, like, maybe financially or – for your team, you know, and we'll see if it actually holds, but just the fact that they said that, I thought that was really cool. Like, you know, he's well, in a spot where he can do this. Yeah. And I mean, that puts Washington on the map for history, right? You know, yeah. that puts Washington jerseys in highlights till the end of time, basically. So, and it's going to give him, you know, that's probably a season's worth of sellout games for them too. So at this point, like it's close enough. It just makes sense Mm -hmm. um, to milk it till it's done. And then everyone will realize probably two years later, like, Oh geez, now, now what? But at least the cupboards are bare. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like how long is Montreal and Toronto gone without being successful just on past glory? Yeah, exactly. Well, at least and the wash they, the Caps won the cup, so they're good to go for like ten years. They they got uh, you know they're 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 making deposits in the public trust, their bank of public trust. So, okay. well, how how did we start out talking today? Right, twenty eleven Canucks. Like yeah, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> any moderate success lasts a long time. It just buys you time, yeah. and then if you don't get it. It buys you pain. Exactly. Much, much pain. Thanks. All right, let's move on. Let's get to the meat of the episode. Half hour in. My God, uh, this Jeez. is what happens. I can just meander off. Uh, I love talking fantasy hockey. I can tell that you do too. So yeah, um, there you go. Um, cool. So let's get into the segment here. We're talking contenders, pretenders, and full senders. Okay. So what we talk about when we're talking about contenders, we're talking about, uh, it's we're giving a broad definition here. So underrated fantasy players, surprising players this season. Um, and can they sustain value, right? And uh, just for, for the sake of argument, we're going to talk uh, cats leagues, okay, or points leagues with banger scoring, okay? Just so we're kind of encompassing everything that these players do, okay? You down? I, I So I got three, and Raj has got three, all right? I'm going to see what's going on here. All right, so I will give you my first one. We're going to talk about contenders, all right? My first 
uh, my my pick that I got here is Zachariah Hyman. Mm. Okay, yeah, this guy. Um, you know, obviously, this is not uh, uh, rocket science here, telling you that Zach Hyman is good. He just uh, you know got a hat trick in his last game, four points too. So, uh, but I, I wanted to do a little bit of a deeper dive in Zach Hyman, sort of let you know why I think he's a bit underrated. So Zach Hyman in his last 10 games, uh, he's been averaging uh, just over five shots a game. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Um, And so, and I'll get into that in a little bit, but um, Hyman in particular, his shots are way up this year. So last season, just for the entire season, he had a great season, uh, 54 points in 76 games, but he shot uh, 2.8 shots per game. This year he's up at 3.9 for the season. So that's pretty significant. Um, uh, and his shooting percentage just sort of maintained what it's already been. So I think um, I love to see in the last 10 games averaging over five. So, yeah, he's, he's really kicked it into high gear here in the last 10 games. So in his last five, he's got nine points, like bolstered by that uh, four-point game. But he's got four goals, five assists in the last nine. Um, I'm a big proponent of ice time i like to see what kind of deployment these players are getting and i think it matters a lot like it's a very basic stat but it just really tells me where this guy's at in the coach's eyes right and so over the you know this season he's averaging uh over 20 minutes so 20 minutes and 24 seconds that's huge because uh hyman last season he, he averaged 19 and a half minutes so he's he's up almost a minute in ice time and he's playing with Dry Seidel and McDavid? What the hell? Like, uh, you know, I, I think people like to say, like, oh, just put it, I could play, I could get 30 goals with Dry Seidel and McDavid. And, you know, it's not that simple. You have to match what they do. Those guys know how to play together. But Hyman has 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 fit in there like beautifully. Um, and you love to see it. So he's power play one uh with those guys. He's line one. Also, his hits and shots are uh we talked about his shots, but his hits are up. Uh, over previous seasons as well. So um, I'd like to give you a little chance to talk on Zach Hyman, but I do want to just throw out a few stats here now that I've been with uh, uh, doing some Apples and Geno stuff. I just I have to get some stats in there because it uh, makes me feel good about myself. But my mom says I'm cool. Um, this guy's 26 in league scoring <laughs> right after that. So he's on pace for 93 points. I don't think 93 points is really going to happen, but 70 to 80 points I think is – is very reasonable, especially with the way he's playing right now. So um, let's get into a couple of advanced stats. So at all strengths this season, he's 20th in the league in shots per 60, which is great. 20th in the league. He's fifth in the league in individual scoring chances, four per 60. And he's second in the league in high danger chances, four per 60. That's awesome. You know, like... Uh, that uh, that surprised me. That That's why Hyman, for me, is, like, on this list because, you know, he, he's overshadowed by McDavid and Drysdale, right? But this guy's having a great season in his own right. And then uh, just for, for um, context, at even strength, he's 22nd in shots per 60. He's fifth, again, in individual scoring chances, four per 60. And he's first overall in high-danger scoring chances, four per 60 at even strength. Just awesome numbers, ridiculous numbers for Hyman. And, and I don't see why this is not really going to continue. I mean, I think if when Evander Kane comes back, you know, things will get shaken up a little bit, uh, you know, with the Oilers lineup. But for now, I don't see anyone coming for his minutes or his position. And if you look at the the deployment he's got in the last bunch of games here, he's well up over 20 minutes each game. 
they're prioritizing him and they're giving him minutes very similar to McDavid and Drysdale. I don't know what you got on Zach Hyman. Well, I mean, you covered his his details pretty well. I yeah, I'm I'm on board. I've been on board with Zach Hyman since the Toronto days, and that is the one thing that is a very very undervalued skill which he is the king of right now is the third wheel skill right like and or just playing with an elite player it's not the same as playing with other players um you know uh, we can go back to our 2011 canucks right look at alex burrows yep big time 30 goals but it's you you know the Sidians are a bad example because everyone did score 30 goals playing with them and they go <laughs> on to nothing but but with him he was the right mix of you know you don't need to be a third Sedine, and that's the kind of thing that gets a lot of guys in trouble. Hyman understands what he does and what he does well, and it's a similar role to like an Alex Burroughs, only with maybe more, a little more actual grit and less chirping. But um, yeah. he goes and gets the puck and gets it to the guys who know what to do with it, and then he gets himself to the front of the net. Um, like you were saying, his high danger chances, I think, are first, and that's because he gets himself in front of the net lets the fancy guys do the fancy stuff and he's a he's a appropriately skilled grinder right so i think um yeah he's a i see him as 100 percent sustainable like maybe not 90 but like he's he's ownable um, all year long and, and a great investment because he probably got him kind of late yeah absolutely i mean i didn't pick him up anywhere just because yeah he had a great season last year 27 goals i think 27 assists but I don't know. He he kind of struck me as like you know one of the Islanders' good players, like picking up like an Anders Lee or like a Brock. Right. <laughs> like, vile weed. You know, I don't get excited about those guys. Oh, they, they serve a purpose, right? But I mean, now with this kind of point pace and with these underlying like numbers, that's mm. crazy. You know, like so not only is he doing it, you know, on the power play, he's getting uh, great chances. Like, sorry, I had his numbers here. Power play points. I mean, he's already got nine power play points um, this season. You know, he had 10 all of last season. So he's already, he's already doing well there, but five, uh, but even strength, that is a real indicator to me. Like he, he's, he's doing a lot of things well, you know, and obviously it, it, it makes a big difference who he's playing with, but yeah, he's never going to get the, the accolades. Right. So that's why, mm. that's what makes it uh, underrated to me. And I think, you know, 70 to 80 points for Hyman, lovely, especially, yeah, you got him probably pretty late in your draft. So good job to you. It didn't happen for me. Yeah, man. Well, my, my first pick is gonna is gonna lead to some good times. I think uh, we've already <laughs> talked about uh, Bo Horvat a fair bit. Bo, you don't know Diddley. And I think he comes with a bit of a caveat of we said we're ta- talking categories, leagues, or including banger scoring in Horvat increases in value the more stats that get included because mm-hmm. he's very good at everything like to me he's like if dustin brown was actually talented kind of thing like he's a <laughs> he, he's a great captain um his goals are a little out of hand i will definitely give you that and maybe because of that he's become not overrated but i feel like with horvat people kind of went from like not even paying attention to him like i had him uh i think 17th round or something like that on one team and um he's gone kind of from that to like challenging for the rocket richard for the first quarter of the season so now it's he's kind of gone from like completely ignored to possibly overrated 
Um, but I think the thing is, if you actually look at it, he's kind of a really solid all round player. So numbers wise, like, yeah, his points per game um, career is generally around 0.75 ish. Um, you know, for like a 70, he's, he's a 60 to 70 point guy is what, what you'd say. Whereas this year he's a point per game. Uh, he's at 1.03 points per game. Um, and you can, you can definitely see where the increases come uh, for him. He's shooting more and his shooting percentage has gone up and his power play time on ice has gone up uh, as a Canucks fan um, or maybe not even uh, you know that the Canucks power play is pretty deadly. Even when they were garbage, their power play was still very good percentage wise and Horvat's getting about 45 seconds more per game, um, you know, which is a significant increase. He's up, he's on 72% of the power plays now, as opposed to 64% last year. Um and not only that, he's also playing double the time on ice shorthanded as well. So overall, his whole time on ice has gone up a minute and a half. And that's that's a lot of time, you know, a minute and a half. Um, and it all comes down to because he does every single faceoff for that team. Um, Miller used to take a lot, but he doesn't anymore. Pedersen stinks. So Horvat is out there. He's leading the league in faceoffs right now. Yep. Um, and if you look at him compared to the rest of the team, like you can just see, like he takes every face off. So he's always out there. And when you're on the ice, you know, you score more. Um, but definitely you do. He's up a uh, half a shot per game. He's at 3.3 shots per game this year, which has jumped a lot. Um, as well as his shooting percentage has gone up almost 6%. So add all that up and you completely, that's the recipe for leading the league in goals. Is playing 20 plus minutes, tons of power play time, shooting a lot, and they're all going in for you. But the thing is, his previous shooting percentage was 16 and 14. Um, But it also has a huge correlation to with how he's been getting used under Boudreaux. Whereas previous to Boudreaux, he was seen as a two way center because he is very good at everything, but it's kind of like, as soon as someone says you're a two way center, it means you're defensive and you're not offensive. That's what people think when you say two way center, like people are like, Oh, he's defensive and he doesn't score, which has never been true of Horvat. I mean, he used to play with McDavid on the juniors. And when you look at his numbers and, uh, with London and stuff like that, like he was a scorer. Um, so it is who he is. Um, and Boudreaux's recognized that and put him into way more offensive positions. So I think like, you know, certain circles you could say he's overrated, certain you could say he's underrated. But I think when you look at the fact that he fills every category, he blocks a lot, he hits a fair amount, power play, shots on goal, face-offs, shorthanded if you count that so i mean he's just an all-around stud when it comes to fantasy and it's uh, it's pretty consistent rate wise um but like i said when you know how he's being used by boudreau in particular it makes sense why he's jumped yeah actually um that's a really good point Uh, it's not something i thought of fully it's just yeah how how his game has changed since boudreau has taken over um, and you can kind of see, even with the shooting percentage that we talked about, you know, it went up last year too, right? Like his, mm-hmm. his, his career averages, you know, um, just under 14%. And last season he had 16%. And now this year he has almost 22%. 
right? So um, I think this, that's, that's definitely a, a reasonable correlation, I think. Um, you know, he's getting put in more offensive situations. And, uh, you know, he, he's doing a lot on the power play as well, right? Like, yeah. let's be real. He's, you know, he's got um, eight power play goals, I think. But uh, it's funny because, yeah, we, we were talking off air and picking these players. And you picked Bo Horvat as an underrated and I picked him as an overrated. <laughs> Yeah. So, and believe me, this pains me because I love Bo Horvat and I'm here for all of this really. Like, you know, I'm so happy the guy is, is having success and I really hope they find a way to sign him because this is not the type of player you want to move on from. Like th- yeah. this is a player coming into his own and he's going to go do this somewhere else. And you're going to get what a first round draft pick that may or may not pan out. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't make sense, but I digress. Well, he's um, so much real, real life hockey value as well, right? Like we're talking oh, fantasy, yeah. but real life hockey value. He's so he's such a great, great captain, actually. Yeah, this is the guy you want on your team. <laughs> like, let's not mince words, right? That said, I think what he's doing is not fully sustainable. I think that's reasonable, right? At least in goal scoring, that that's yes. it's that's probably definitely going to come down, right? So, you know, in his last five games, he's got four goals, two assists. That that's fine. Um, 30 points in 29 games. That's not even, you know, setting the world on fire, but what is 21 goals? What the hell? I got a bowl of chocolate pudding in my underpants. We didn't have any pudding in there, buddy. Um, you know, that, that I don't think anyone would have expected that, right? His, his previous career high, uh, was the last season with 31, right? And he's going to obliterate that this year. Even if he goes ice cold. You know, oh, he's going to get that by Christmas, man, the way yeah, he's playing. <laughs> really? I mean, you know, the Canucks power play and what they've got going on with him, like he's he's just he's just converting at a ridiculous rate. Um, and that's kind of where I – that's where I lose it a little bit with him. So kind of um, delving into those those advanced stats again to just try and understand is this sustainable or not. And, and to me, like I compared him to Zach Hyman, right? So, um, you know, at even strength this season um, – he, uh, Bo Horvat's 159th in shots per 60. He's 191st in individual scoring chances per 60. So he's not getting too many scoring chances. And he's 123rd at high danger scoring chances per 60. So the, the num- those numbers are not as exciting as what was coming out of uh, Hyman there, right? Um, so what this says to me is like power play success is a key for, um, it's a really a key for Horvat to have any success, right? Or to keep this sustainable, right? Um, as well, he's he's shooting 22%, which is well above like what he normally does, right? So to me, I feel like that shooting percentage is going to come down. And just being a Horvat fan and watching him previously, like he's never done this before. And he has been a streaky player. So the level of consistency that Horvat has shown this year is not what I know Horvat to be, at least in terms of offense, right um so yeah that and when i say overrated like honestly again caveat this man is a a great hockey player you want him on your team you know i i I think yeah it it hurts me to say that before it's overrated i can i can uh i can get behind a lot of what you're saying one thing i would say about the shooting percentage going up so much is uh power play much easier shots 
right? You're taking power play shots. So those goals that are coming on the power play, your shooting percentage is much higher. I'm not sure how that breaks down with his, but that would be my first guess. And the other one is he's been playing a lot with JT Miller. Uh, Miller's been playing on the wing a lot. And historically, Horvat is always stuck on a crappy line getting passes yeah. from like Pearson and Hoglander or something. Yeah, so, right. so I think he has better opportunities, but I, and I did comes down to like when we're saying overrated, if you're valuing Horvat is going to be challenging for the rocket Richard at the end of the year, then he's overrated. Cause he's not going to do that. But I, at the same time, I think he's, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 70 points and, you know, maintains nearly a point per game. So if you're valuing him there, Fair enough. But in other circles, I just find he gets valued as like a 50 point grinder a lot. And in those mm. leagues, he's underrated. So yeah, he is. I, I totally, I'm on board with most of what you're saying, even though we're yeah, saying it, opposite results. It's funny. Yeah. I mean, I look to like, you know, we mentioned he does give you cross category stuff. If you're in a face off league, like, no, this man is this, oh, this guy is going to be one of your best players. <laughs> you probably, yeah, he's probably in the top 10. Um, you know, but it, looking at his perifs actually. So yeah, he's blocking okay right now, but his hits are are down. Mm. You know, like he, you know, he had 96 last year in 70 games. Right now he's got 18 and 29. Yeah. So and that just speaks a lot to your point as well. Like he's being put in more offensive situations, right? He's not they, they don't need him to go out and do that, right? But you know, for that cross category, like I would expect him to get he's gonna have less hits this year than he did last year. Um, you know, so whatever. If you got Horvat, you're loving life because this man came out of nowhere. You got him in the 17th round and he's got 21 goals in 29 games. What the hell? Exactly. Yes, please. Yes, please. Cool. Let's carry on. Let's get the biz on this. Um, okay, the next one we are talking about are pretenders. All right. Uh, and yeah, Bo Horvat stole my thunder here. I had to choose a different pretender, but, uh, um, what we're talking about here for pretenders, overrated players who maybe are currently doing well, uh, but maybe unsustainable rest of season. Take that for what it's worth. Mm. We'll make it work here. But yeah, who, who you got? Let's go with your pick first here, Raj. Well, mine is not doing well, but I find that people keep saying he's really good. And I don't know if that's the circles <laughs> I travel in, but I mean, you look at his ownership, uh, over the last couple of years, and that's Evan Bouchard. Devin? <laughs> what are you doing here? Um, from Edmonton, he's a guy who they keep trying to say is the quarterback power play of the future, and he's with McDavid, and he's on the, you know, probably one of the best power plays since Edmonton's previous power play with Gretzky. Mm -hmm. That's right. But, um, <laughs> You know, saying that, like, I just keep people, oh, got to drop Barry and you got to, but when has this guy ever been good is my question. I mean, a career, you know, he, he had 43 points and people just lost it. Mm -hmm. He He's playing with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and he only got half a point per game. I mean, that's in prime position. That's when he was getting... Uh, a lot of power play time. He was getting almost 20 minutes time on ice, and that was his output. And I'm sorry if you're, you know, being seen as the the main guy on a McDavid power play. You're not putting up 43 points, right? Like you. Um, then my my argument. I had a humongous argument with Zach on air about this the other day. Like his competition's Tyson Berry. The last time Edmonton dedicated themselves for a season 
to a defenseman, it was Tyson Berry, and he led the league in defensive scoring. Since then, they've been saying Bouchard is going to take over, and there's been this competition between the two, and they've both kind of been whatever. Like Barry's kind of fine at best, and Bouchard's just unrosterable. His numbers are yep. terrible. Like he's mm-hmm. he's on an 82 game pace for 12 points this year. Like <laughs> not what just, we expected. Yeah. No, and it, I mean to me, and that goes along with I, I kind of had a, a B side to this pick, which was all rookies. And people do this with exciting rookies all the time. And in a dynasty league, fine. But we're most, that's a, such a sliver of the fantasy hockey community. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, rookies are a bad choice. Um, if it's McDavid or Matthews is coming along, you know about those guys and they're going first overall. And you know, and that's that. Other than that, you know, how often do you get a Jason Robertson? Like, if you're gambling on rookies, your odds are terrible, like just absolutely terrible. The best rookies from last year, like Cider, was great. But there's only one of those every handful of years. And just gambling on rookies in general, you're bound to lose, like Lafreniere, Kako, Shane Wright, like it's just all these guys. Like, don't kid yourself when it comes to the fantasy hockey redraft leagues, uh, all rookies are overrated. Like it's not worth your time. Um, so it's a bit of a cop out answer, but I really feel like that. And uh, you know, it just, it never works out. You're, you're great rookies or you're talking 40 to 50 points is an excellent rookie season and fantasy. That's not rosterable. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you're saying there. Um, I think the thing with rookies in fantasy hockey, people always want to feel like they're ahead of the game. You know what I mean? Like, oh, look at, yep. I picked this guy <laughs> up and like, oh, he, he had a breakout season. Like, look how good I am, right? Yeah. But, you know, when I first started playing fantasy hockey, I would always go for these big swings, you know, like take a big swing. And what I realized uh, the more I play is like, you don't want to be taking big swings at anybody, especially early on in your, in your drafts, you know, like, you know, your last couple rounds, take some swings there. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you're picking guys like, you know, where I, I was even looking at the rookies this year, like it's, it's a pretty weak uh, rookie um, class this year. Yeah. You know, yeah, we, we've got good, good ones and we'll talk about them, but you know, it, it falls off pretty quick after that, doesn't it? Um, so Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Well, like you were, you were mentioning earlier how you just like, who wants to pick up Brock Nelson, right? Like, and that's, but the thing is so many times that's the right choice. Like Brock yeah. Nelson or Anders Lee or a, a David Krejci or like, those are your pickups. It's, you know, everyone wants to gamble on like, yeah, totally. these rookies who it's like, that's fun. But if you're actually trying to win something and I mean, and back to, back to our boy Nate and the whole zero G thing, that's part of his, reasoning behind that whole theory is not just how annoying goalies are but it just removes that volatility from your high draft picks right yeah so yeah no it's 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 something it's a really key thing to take away for fantasy hockey like just play it safe like make the boring picks because that's how you know and then you know you'll as it works out throughout the season you're going to pick up players that are overachieving or you know, uh, like imagine you got Bo Horvat in the 17th round, you know, and you picked safe picks up to that point. Like Bo Horvat's a very safe pick in the 17th round. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now sure. he's like lighting the world on fire. So, um, yeah, I'm so on board with that. I stay away from rookies as much as possible. I might not stay away from rookies next year. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see uh, depending on, <laughs> where, you know, 
what the situation is. Yes, right. Oh my goodness. This Bedard looks like he's good to go. Like it's not going to be a problem. Um, I'm excited about, about his season uh, next year. I hope it's not like a Jack Hughes situation. You know what I mean? Where he kind of gets in and he's too small and, He's kind of takes takes a little while to get into it. I I think that he can step right in and, and no, I think he's different. I think he is in the league of a McDavid or a Matthews, um, where or Crosby, where it's like, okay, he's definitely good. It's not like Lafreniere, where you're like, he'll probably, you know, he's going to end up a serviceable NHLer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you look at this kid, he there's something freakish about him, and that's oh, that's he's, what he's nuts. that's what it takes. Yeah, no, that's exciting stuff. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you on rookies there. And then Evan Bouchard, yeah, totally. Um, it was a it was a good kind of discussion piece in the off season, right? Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, same exact reason. You're like, oh, can we get ahead of this, right? And and pick up Bouchard instead of Barry, right? But it turns out that Barry's getting the power play time most of the time anyway, right? Yeah. And if you look look at their deployment, I mean, Bouchard is barely getting. You know, he's barely getting 20 minutes. Like last game, he played 13 minutes. Yeah. Okay, that's no good. Get that garbage out of here. This is not uh, someone you need to have on your roster right now. That's for sure. Uh, especially with kind of high expectations coming in, I thought. Yeah. I thought there was potential, but. Makes yeah. sense, man. Yeah. On to me, that's just another one where to me it was logical. Like Barry is good. Give the, If you want to give Bouchard a short leash, but it just for some reason with him in particular, it felt like people were really hanging on to the dream. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm just, I'm a results based guy. And, mm-hmm. you know, I want guys who are scoring now because I'm talking about today's game. And uh, again, dynasties are different, but gen- that's when you're generally speaking fantasy hockey, you're not talking about uh, dynasties. That's like a whole separate show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The dream is dead on Evan Bouchard. All right. He, he'll be good at some point in his career, but uh, I don't think it's going to be this season. Get that um, cool. My pick. So instead of Bo Horvat, I chose uh, Ilya Sorokin. I must break you. As my pretender, and uh, I definitely want to uh, clarify this: it's not. This is not so much about Sorokin being overrated. It's it's more about the Islanders as a team than it is about Ilya himself. So, um, and I did want to just sort of preface that because Sorokin's been he's been crazy this year. The guy's he's he's been unreal. I mean, he's having a bad stretch right now, but before that, you know, the last five games, he was getting talked about in the Vesna conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so I did a little bit of a deep dive into the Islanders. So just, just some team trends for the Islanders. They are seventh worst in uh, even strength Corsi against. So they're getting a ton of shots, you know, the seventh worst ton of shots directed uh, to or towards the net. Um, they're the second worst in the league in expected goals against behind Anaheim. It goes Anaheim, New York Islanders, and then our beloved Vancouver Canucks. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we're third in something. Third word. <laughs> there you go. That's that's nice. But uh, yeah, so I mean, expected goals against not actual goals against expected. Right. Uh, they are also fourth worst in even strength scoring chances against in the in the league. So at even strength, you know, they're getting a ton of scoring chances against Sorokin. So and then uh, I did want to mention too that Islanders power play is, is only 18th in the league. So they're kind of middle of the road. So what does that mean? Uh, to me, it means that Sorokin is playing out of his mind. He's playing over his head um, because what the team trends tell me is that the Islanders are overachieving. And, you know, that that's kind of fallen away these last five games. Um, I think they're, 
they've lost their last four, right? So, and Strokin himself has a, what is, what is his record? It's like 10, 10, 9, and 1 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, not great. You know, and he's lost, he's lost his last four. Um, so he's got one win in his last five. I just think, you know, this Sorokin that we were talking about earlier, uh, you know, like five games ago, let's say it, it just, this is the more, more realistic things are kind of balancing out. And I, I just don't think like as well, like he's third overall in the league in goals saved above average, right. With 12.18. So yeah. what happens when that drops off? That means more L's. The Islanders take a lot more L's. right? What? So I think they were another team that was a great start. Like they, as a team, they were playing really well for a while and he's starting to become a victim of just like coming back to reality. I think he is a incredible goalie, but yeah, easy. It's, yeah. It, it's a, it's a weird situation too. Like his numbers, even after a bunch of losses in a row, he's still his season save percentages is great. His goals against is great. And, but it's also a situation where like he's clearly better than Varlamov in every statistical category, except Varlamov has a way better winning percentage, right? Like he's won seven out of 11 Sorokin's won 10 out of 20. So it's, it's just one of those weird things. I don't know if he, the team changes in front of him uh, based on a different goalie, or if it's a fact that maybe Varlamov starting to get the easy games, but it's just one of those facts, right? Like, you can see that um, the team. I think what's happening is Sorokin's getting the the real games now, as in as opposed to he used to get the easy games. And his numbers are fine, but he's getting less wins because of it. And he's a little bit at the mercy of a team who was scoring but doesn't usually score. So I think I think he suffers from the team's offense a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's just a good point with Varlamov too. Like this is clearly a team that was comfortable doing 1A, 1B, like a goalie share. And that was just last year, mm-hmm. right? So Sorokin, while he's the number one there, he might have a bit of a short leash. Like he's he's won one game in his last five. They got Varlamov. He's good to go. All those things you just said about him, you know, he, he they could go back to a kind of a goalie share situation. You know what I mean? So, I, yeah, I just don't like it. I didn't like Sorokin where he was being drafted either. Like he was... He was up there in the third round in a lot of cases, like people drafting him really early. And and obviously his skill, that makes sense. But mm-hmm. the opportunity that he has in, in uh, New York there, I, I just don't like the situation for him. You send him to a team where he's the workhorse. I mean, this guy's, he's good to go. But it's, I don't think, I'm not expecting much from him this season. Well, and like you uh, said, and I think how I'm taking it too, like underrated or overrated, do, overrated doesn't necessarily mean you're bad. Mm-hmm. just means people think more of you than what's real. And I think that's probably the case with him. Unfortunately, I like the guy. I like his play. but I'm sure he's a nice person. Yeah, exactly. Show me the category yeah. for that. Yeah, that, that, that's right. Yeah, he's, he's, he's number one in the league. Sorokin confirmed. All right. Number one in our hearts, yeah. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, let's move on to the last category. Okay. This is full senders. All right, when we're just calling that best rookies and sustainability rest of season. So I want to see what you got. What do you got, Raj? Well, I feel, I feel 
cheap taking this guy because I think it's kind of obvious, but Matty Beniers, mm-hmm. um, or as Zach likes to say, Matty Beignet, which is apparently a French dish. Um, <laughs> well, ooh la di da, Mr. Frenchman. Sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it looks like a lovely cookie. Yeah. Uh, but no, I really like Beniers. I think he's a legit player. Um, I've watched a few Seattle games. Uh, Seattle is weird. <laughs> they are weirdly as a team they're winning a lot and they're scoring but then nobody is uh having an outrageously great season um but Beniers is having a very respectable rookie season and is actually borderline fantasy relevant depending on how deep your league is um mm-hmm. you know 23 points in 28 games so far um over a hit per game and all you know he blocks at a reasonable pace for forward so he's good in a categories league um he's on seattle so he gets on power play um so he gets you some power play points as well uh he doesn't shoot a ton like two a game uh, just over two a game but seattle is sneakily decent like they're they're a team of fantastic third line players right (laughs) you know and they got like burakoski was buried in colorado but clearly a good player he's having a point per game season and he's very good um they've got really good defense there too so it's a solid team and i think beneers you know he wasn't a superstar rookie like he isn't one of those guys who i was just saying are are always overrated he wasn't seen as like oh this guy is gonna be the next blah 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 blah. his his come up was just like oh he's on seattle so he might get some time and uh he's turned into a full-fledged real nhl or right away um it's enough games that he's shown he can do it he's doing it on a fairly weak team but he's not stranded um, on a totally garbage team like Arizona or something. So, I, yeah, I just I think he's really good. Um, not much more I can say. I've watched him play, and I love the way he looks. And uh, yeah, Beniers is my guy, man. I think uh, it's not a, it's not a strong season like you were saying earlier. So I think he's probably a shoe in for the for the Calder. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to agree with you, man. I chose somebody different just because Beniers. I think is or Beniers. Beniers. What, <laughs> yes. what did we agree on, Beniers? The delicious French dish. Um, Yeah. um, Yeah. I think he's probably going to be the clear. If he continues this level of play, like he should be, he's going to be in the call of discussion for sure, if not winning it. So, uh, and I'm here for it. Um, And I think he has room to grow. Like, you know, we talked, I've talked about him before on the pod and, you know, his underlying statistics don't really, they don't really jump off the page. You know, he's kind of just there getting assists, getting goals, being opportunistic. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, with rookies in particular, when, when you have, like, I always look and see who has opportunity. Right. And this, this team in particular, you would think you're like, okay, opportunity, right. Go play with some decent players, get put in some offensive situations, play on the power play. And he's getting all of that. So, um, and then, yeah, like you said, his shots are not high, but like he hits and blocks pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got 23 points in 28 games. I mean, I, I like I like uh, Beniers for, I don't know, maybe 55 points this year, 60 points. I think that's reasonable, you know. Um, but uh, And he's only playing 17 minutes uh, or averaging 17 minutes uh, um, on ice per night. So if they can bump that up another minute, another two minutes, now we're, now we're talking, right? Now this guy can run away with it. Yeah, I like his whole situation because he's not, like I said, he's not, there's no expectations on him. Um, he's sneaking in under the radar with a solid season. Still fantasy-wise, 
you know, 55 points isn't amazing, but we're talking rookies, and he's, to me, clearly the best offensive uh, rookie for sure. And moving forward, I think he is going to be a legitimate player and probably <clears throat> turn into a 70, 80-point guy in a couple of years. Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally in agreement with that. I like the situation. I like the player. Um, yeah, Seattle. What a what a strange team. Just a bunch of third liners just just getting to biz. Uh, for fantasy purposes, like I hate teams like this because I want to see deployment. I want to see like who's your number one guy. Like Connor McDavid plays 23, 24, 25 minutes a night. Mm. Like that's what I want to see. Those are the you know obviously it doesn't happen all the time, but you know. When you got a guy playing over 20 minutes a night, a forward, that's where you're like, yeah, this is this is a good situation. Seattle's the new Islanders, right? Like they were what the Islanders were two years ago. Yeah, just just not an exciting team. So yeah, yeah, Seattle's basically a team of streamers. So exactly, um, yeah, and that's fine, and I'm here for it. Way to go, Maddie B. All right. Um, So my pick here, I picked uh, a little dark horse, little Piotr Kachetkov. All right, of the Carolina hurricanes um I've, I've got this guy in a bunch of spots actually and i'm loving it I, I i feel like yeah they're 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 almost prioritizing him now they signed him to a, an extension so it's four years two mil per that's pretty nice you know um and we've he right now so freddie anderson's injured uh in carolina but anti ranta isn't injured and they're still playing kochetkov over ranta mm-hmm. so that to me is pretty indicative. Like, yeah, they they might be in on this guy, right? And 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 he's got um, what's his record? Yeah, seven wins, one loss, four OT losses. With a his stats are ridiculous: nine twenty six save percentage, two point zero two goals against. I mean, he's he's playing very well. Um, so, and even further to that, um, he's had seven quality starts in in his twelve games. So, a quality start is when. Um, the goalie saves above the league save percentage in a game. That's what they call a quality start. So he's got seven of those. Um, I, I just like what I'm seeing here. And then kind of like the Sorokin situation as well. I think when you're valuing goalies, you have to look at the team. And Carolina, uh, when I was looking into them, they have the number one uh, Corsi four. Um, so at, at all strengths, number one in Corsi four. So that shots towards the goal, shots at goal. And then number one Corsi against in the league. So they're, they're having the least amount of shots coming towards the net. So, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty nice to, for a nice situation for a goalie to be in, right? So and we were talking <laughs> so, about, Sounds yeah. like a Rod Brindamore team. <laughs> yeah, really, right? So um, I, I just I, – th- those things, all those things together make me think that we're going to get a nice season out of Kachetkov, and I'm not even that concerned when Anderson comes back. Like I, I'm not, I'm not fully convinced that they're gonna just go Freddie Anderson and drop, you know, Kochetkov back to wherever. Like I think at the very least it'll be Anderson and Kochetkov, and they probably move on from Ranta because like that's what they're doing right now, basically by not playing him. But I, I, I in in a perfect world with Kochetkov, I think he maintains the the one A here, and they sort of. You know, because he's playing so well, they can sort of slowly let uh, Anderson get healthy, get into these games, and and you know we'll see. But I think, I think twenty five wins for Kochekov, I think that can happen. Could uh, happen. I don't know. I'm here for it. Yeah. So and then if he does that, is he in the Calder uh, discussion? Maybe. Yeah, they tend to shy away from goalies. I think these days. And um, but yeah, you're right. I think he's fantastic and probably a probably a 1b like 
Anderson is Anderson's their goalie for sure, and he's great, but he's also prone to injury. So it might having this guy might um they might, you know, be look at saving him for the playoffs a bit more, resting him a little bit more. Rant is a proven kind of like sorry, anti, but like he's a proven whatever. Like, oh, we need a goalie. Okay, he's available. Just grab that guy till we find somebody. So um I could definitely see them moving on from him. Um and, and leaning towards Kachekov, I mean, he just, he wins. Like I said, Brindamore is the type of guy who he's very just, he's a hockey guy. He sees a, a player playing really well. He's going to play him. That's that's the way they work, right? And uh, the team is so sound. And the team matters more for goalies than for any other position, for sure. I mean, most of your points from goalies come from wins, right? In the end, in most yep. leagues. So, um. But his percentages are great on top of that, and just their whole style of play leads it to having good percentage goalies and wins, which is what matters. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fully on board for him. I, I still think uh, Matty Beignet has it wrapped up, but we could uh, Kachekov is a great, uh, great player for sure. Oh, absolutely. I don't know. I, I think we might be able to – like two goalies and, uh, and, and Matty ben- Beignet – uh in in the uh in the calder maybe like logan thompson throw him in there hello mr thompson i think he's talking to you right i didn't even consider him because uh i picked him up last year as soon as he got thrown into vegas and man i love that guy he's oh he's awesome in in some leagues he's the number one valued goalie in the league this year um so yeah if he's being considered as well i'm all over that guy for for sure like vegas is so good even with i mean they're banged up right now but they're uh, they're great and i mean with no flurry and they went from being like probably potentially the two best goalies in the league to not having either of them and here's this no-name rookie who's (laughs) ranked number one in goalies in, in my league right now so no, I love it. Um, yeah, I like the coaching change in Vegas for sure. I think that was I, – I can't believe that Boston got rid of him. It, it's kind of a weird, uh, uh, you know, coaching change there. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's doing great things in Vegas. They were already pretty sound, so now he's kind of bringing a little different flavor in there. But I like it. But, anyways, that's what we got, contenders, pretenders, and full senders. If you like what you heard – let us know. Get on Twitter. All right. Send me some DMS. All right. I'm getting very lonely. All right. No one DMS me. All right. And it's very, uh, very hurtful and upsetting. All right. But, uh, um, what, uh, so, um, Mike, why don't you tell us what's, uh, what's coming up in the new year for uh, five hole fantasy hockey podcast. What, what are you guys up to right now? You got some fun stuff going on. Uh, well, right now before new year's, um, we had a, our Christmas rankings. Me and Zach are both huge Christmas <laughs> nerds as much as we are fantasy hockey nerds. So for all of December, we've at the end of every episode, we've been ranking um, our favorite, you know, we've done Christmas songs, Christmas yep. <laughs> desserts, all this ridiculous stuff. What so was we're your going, song again? My, so I had a couple of good songs. Was it Mariah, who, who had Mariah Carey? Was that? Zach, Zach won that with Mariah Carey. It's all fan voting on Twitter cheesy, and Discord. But yeah. Good. I'm come on, man. Yeah, um, I know. I'm with you, man. I'm just a, a little uh, teaser. Tonight's episode is uh, most annoying things about the holiday season, and my number one is Mariah Carey.
I asked for a high note. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, we're doing that. Um, He's doubling got- down, everyone. TJ, uh, our our quarterback and of our power play, has been away for a month um, doing some job training stuff. So he's coming back soon. So that'll be fun for the new year. And yeah, awesome. uh, we do our three episodes a week. Uh, all our usual stuff. Um, we have uh, a lot of fun stuff planned for the off season this year, actually, as well. So yeah, we're continuing to do our, our three shows a week and, and getting back to doing some YouTube stuff as well. We kind of been laying off of that lately but we're getting back to that uh, in the new year as well nice awesome well yeah no it's dude you guys are kicking out some awesome content and and Thanks, again man. everybody um the discord there for uh, uh five hole fantasy hockey podcast you got to get in there i'll throw the link in the description here um but yeah if you're if you're into fantasy hockey you're you're completely missing out if you're not in there having discussions about this stuff oh 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 oh. one thing i forgot sorry man um in the new years tj has been trying to keep it secret but he's building a really kick-ass website with a whole bunch of cool fantasy tools on it he hates it when i mention it because it puts pressure on him to (laughs) to get it done Uh, it's looking so good and that should be out uh in the early new year with lots of kind of combining a lot of uh fantasy tools in one place um at least just in a new way i mean there's lots of great material out there but it's it's uh with our spin on it so that'll be coming out in the new year as well no, that's awesome. I'm glad you mentioned that. I, I really love your guys' branding too. So I think that, uh, yeah, if, if these guys are putting something out like that, you got to check it out. So we'll, we'll make sure to plug that as soon as we know that is there. And I'll be using it for myself, uh, for my own uh, selfish purposes. All right. Um, cool. Well, uh, thanks a lot, Raj. I really appreciate having you on the show. Um, we'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah, anytime, man. I had a blast. All right, verbal contract confirmed. All right, Roger's coming back. All right. As long as we get at least five more minutes of 2011 talk, I'm in any day of the week. Yeah, straight up. We'll, we'll just do the whole <laughs> podcast on that. I think we probably could. So there's still a lot of uh, unprocessed trauma. So that, that'd probably be good just for my mental health. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. If you could just please take a second and drop a five-star review. Even if you didn't like the show, just go ahead and do it anyway. All right. That, that really helps me out. Okay. So please and thank you. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter. Uh, if you haven't already, it's at Blake Creamer SE. And again, please uh, head on over, follow me there. Uh, that, that'd be very nice. Uh, I love having uh, conversations with everybody on Twitter. Makes me feel good. Okay. Raj, thank you so much. That is awesome having you here, buddy. Everybody be well. I will talk to you soon. Celebrate your day. Bye for now. A rational explanation is hardly necessary.